Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Hello and welcome everyone to the eighth episode of Liberty Through Christ Law Talk Show, where we can learn from Elohim's word how to apply it to issues of liberty and other areas of life and grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we know liberty is of utmost importance because Yeshua died to secure that for all true believers as Good Friday, as we're looking at the day that Christ was sacrificed and his resurrection, as it's recorded on the calendar that we recognize his resurrection, that all this is possible. Because in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord, there is liberty. And the banner for this, banner scripture for this show is James chapter 1, verse 25. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Post those up in the chat. Tonight's topic of importance, what's love got to do with it? This is going to be part one of a 47-part series. Nah, I'm only, I'm only kidding. It may be a few parts. But in my experience of talking and listening to people's answers when asked regarding love, it seems it's a word often stated but rarely understood. We ask ourselves the question, what is love? Can we accurately and confidently answer such a question? And how is one to know if what they believe about love is indeed accurate. I believe that this question is the most important question that man has to deal with because all of life is hinged on this one simple question, which leads to important sub-questions. And because on this show, we believe the Bible to be the truth of life revealed to mankind from the mind of the creator and author of that beautiful book. So let's dive into the word and do some exploration. If you'd like to follow along, go ahead and get your Bibles out or boot up your favorite Bible app or software. As some of you know, I primarily, primarily use the authorized version, also known as the King James Version, for get very good reasons. I also use a great Bible software app called eSword. I'm pretty sure it's free for desktop use. There is a cost for a cell phone app or an iPad version, um, but I'm going to post the links for if you have a PC or if you have a Mac. You don't have eSword, you could just check it out. The more I use it, uh, the more I learn about the program. It's it's a really great Bible study tool. Anyway, here we go. Let's dive right in. So love is the greatest blank that man can know. I did not state what love is specifically because there are different aspects of love. And love can be understood in a few different ways. Many believe it's a feeling or an emotion. They apply to all sorts of things that are cherished. For example, I love ice cream, or I love that car, I love music, or I love dancing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, on and on and on. 
this program could go on for a long time if everyone started stating all the things that could be loved. I'm going to start with a question, which I believe brings us to the origin. Drum roll, please. No drum roll. All right, we'll just continue. I think the primary and proper question is, who is love? And of course, we will go to the scriptures for our answers. And the first scripture we're going to go to is 1 John chapter 4, verse 8, which I'm posting right now. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. So we see that love is not simply an emotion or a feeling. It is a being. Elohim, or the Greek word for God, is theos. Apologies for not stating this in previous episodes, but I thought this is a good time to mention that for you scholars that like to delve into the biblical languages. Elohim being a Hebrew word for God in the Old Testament. If you want more info on that, listen to episode two, Government, Who is Really an Authority, part one, on the talk show archives of this show. And here is a link to that page for everyone who wants to listen to past episodes. Or theos, which is the Greek word for God in the New Testament, which means the same as Elohim in the Old Testament, the supreme authority, or as I sometimes say, the great ruler. He is love. The Godhead is love. Let's now look at the word for love in the context of 1 John chapter 4, verse 8. Since love is mentioned twice in that verse, there are two Greek words that represent love. One is the Greek G25, and the second is G26, and I'll post those up. That's from the Strong's Concordance and Dick Hebrew and Greek dictionaries that you can find that out. What I post in the chat regarding the biblical language is what I wanted to highlight for the lesson. There are further aspects of the definitions, and you will see that if you look up the words yourselves. Now let's look at an English word. Well, let's let's just back up a little bit and look at these Greek words. So you, G25 is pronounced agapao, which simply means to love in a social or moral sense. And G26 is pronounced agape, which is from the previous word we just looked at, love. That is affection or benevolence or charity. Now, I want to focus on the word benevolence or ben benevolent that the Strong's Greek Dictionary uses in a definition of G26. I was curious and wanted to sharpen my understanding, so I went to the Webster's 1828 Dictionary of the American English Language, which is a free resource download if you get eSort. Very, it, it's cool because you could just instantly bring up a word rather than going to the hard copy, hard copy, because I have the hard copy, it just takes a little bit longer because you got to flip through the pages. And the hard copy, I think you get for like around 60 bucks or so. But like I said, in the eSword uh, software, it's free. It's a great resource when doing word studies with the Strong's Concordance and Dictionary. Sometimes the Strong's Concordance and Dictionary uses words that I'm not familiar with or I may not understand. So then I go to Webster's 1828 Dictionary for clarification because Strong's and Webster's lived around the same time. So they spoke pretty much the same language. And sometimes they use uh, big words that we're not familiar with today. So it's always good to go back to those uh, resources for clarification and understanding. A little note regarding Webster's 1828 Dictionary is that it is the dictionary he put together. Some of you may already know that 
which contained numerous references and definitions to the word of Elohim. The contemporary ones that bear his name omit the word of Elohim. That's why I think it's so important to go back to the dictionary he put together, because you could still do some word studies with his dictionary. And that's what separates his dictionary from the diction contemporary ones today that bear his name. But anyway, back to our study, and we're going to look at five points of the definition of benevolent. The definition of benevolent, and I'm going to post that up in the chat, because then we could look at the five points. And we're going to look at some scriptures that emphasize these points, that emphasizes the character of God regarding love or benevolence. Keep in mind the definition of benevolent in regards to the Greek word we just looked at, G26, agape. So the first point of benevolent is having a disposition to do good. The second point is possessing love to mankind. The third is having a desire to promote their prosperity. Fifth is promote their happiness. And I'm sorry, fourth is their happiness. And to be kind is the fifth point. So here are some scriptures that emphasize our God's goodness, his love. It represents his character. Psalm 25, chapter 25, verse 8. Good and upright is the eternal. Therefore, he will teach sinners in the way. <clears throat> Psalm 34, verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the eternal is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. And Psalm 86, verse 5. For thou, Lord, or Adonai, or Master, Art good and ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy unto all that call upon thee. That's the one, that's the first point of the attribute of love. It's benevolence. He is good. The second point is that he is love, so therefore he loves. I'm going to post a, a bunch of scripture up there in the chat and we can look at. We looked at that scripture in 1 John chapter 4, verse 8 earlier. He that loveth not knoweth not theos, but theos is love or agape. And you, let me see here in the chat. You're going to see the Greek words that I put there, uh, like G25, G26. It's to point out those different words. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 16, and we have known and believed. The love, agape, the theos has to us. Theos is agape, and he that dwelleth in agape dwelleth in theos, and theos in him. In John chapter 3, verse 16, which is a very well-known scripture, for theos so agapao loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This next scripture that we're going to look at has a little different nuance regarding the word love. As you can see, I posted up there in, in the chat. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 19, <clears throat> excuse me, Jesus is speaking to the church of Laodicea, and he says, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Now, this word love is a different Greek word. And don't get overwhelmed by the long definition. 
And just notice it is similar in meaning to what we looked at earlier. G25, the Greek word is phileo. To be a friend, to, fond of, an individual or an object, that is, has, has, have affection for, denoting personal attachment as a matter of sentiment or feeling. Now we're going to go on to the third point, which is he's, he is the source of our prosperity. Here's a few scriptures regarding that. Okay, let's look here. Genesis chapter 39, verse 3. And his master saw that the Eternal was with him, and that the Eternal made all that he did to prosper in his hand. Jump over to Joshua, which is pronounced really Yoshua, which is similar to Yeshua, which means God saves or salvation. Chapter 1, verse 7. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. And the next verse, verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. But then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. And then thou shalt have good success. And the banner scripture for the show, James 1.25. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. That, could, that word blessed could still mean to be prosperous or successful. And first, uh, third John, the third epistle of John, not the gospel of John. Chapter 1, verse 2, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. And I put, as you can see there, I put the dictionary, the Greek dictionary words there, and the Hebrew, if you want to look them up for yourself. And this all, remember, this all is tied into God is love. God is benevolent. So he is... <clears throat> So he is good. He loves. He's the source of prosperity. Now we're going to look at some scriptures that he is the source of happiness, which is rendered sometimes blessed or blessed. The first scripture we're going to look at. Psalm chapter 40, verse 4. Blessed, happy is the man that maketh the eternal his trust and respects not the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Psalm 94, verse 12. Blessed or happy is the man whom thou chastenest, O Jehovah, or eternal, and teachest him out of thy law. Uh, Psalm chapter 144, verse 15. Happy is that people that is in such a case, yea, happy is that people whose Elohim 
is the eternal or whose supreme authority is the eternal. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 20. He that handles a matter wisely shall find good. And who and whoso trusteth in the eternal, happy is he. Now we're going to jump into a couple from the New Testament. In Luke chapter 6, verse 22. Blessed or happy or well off and fortunate are all of you when men shall hate you and when they shall separate you from their company and shall reproach you and cast out your name as evil for the son of man's sake. And Luke chapter 7, verse 23, and blessed or happy is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. Remember, these are all expressions of Theos's or Elohim's character because he is love. And then the last point we're going to look at is that he is kind, which is sometimes rendered uh, in the Old Testament as loving kindness. And I have two scriptures regarding that. In Je Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 24, But let him that glorieth glorieth in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the eternal, which exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, says the eternal. And jumping over to the New Testament, Luke chapter 6, verse 35. But all of you love, in a social or moral sense, your enemies, and do good, and lend, hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest. For he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Again, I posted those uh, dictionary numbers so you guys could do a deeper understanding of his character and arrive at the appropriate answer of who is love. So we see from the scripture that God is love. We've seen that the five points give us a deeper understanding of his character, which is very important in our relationship with the Godhead and how we live life, especially in the light of living free or at liberty. When we come to an understanding of what love, or more precisely who love is, that love should bring goodness, love, prosperity, happiness, and kindness, which is godly, which is true and right. And there can be separate study on the five points of benevolence or love. You notice I put the Strong's Dictionary numbers in the scripture proof references so you can, guys can do further study on your own. Say so this is kind of a short study, but it's jam-packed full of information to uh, delve a little deeper. So this is going to wrap up part one of our study of what's love got to do with it. I'm going to open up the lines to hopefully talk about this some more. Yeah, it looks like I'm the only one on, uh, myself and Gus, on the phone call here. What's up, Gus? Hey, how you doing? I'm doing good. That was a great message. I uh, I knew I needed that. <laughs> yeah, we all do. Yeah, well, it was just, uh, it's been a, a long couple of weeks, and I haven't had a chance to tune in or do anything. I've been on the road, and... Got a lot of things on my mind, and it's uh, it's good to get grounded, you know, get back to what's important. Absolutely, I know I need to be yeah. reminded from time to time. Yeah, well, you know, the there's there's people who listen, who tune in, and then 
you know, who are they tuning into? They're, they're tuning into you. They're listening to you. And, that, you know, a lot of times they, they were listening to me. And so we play kind of a different role. And uh, sometimes we forget to see ourselves where, um, you know, other people can just tune in and be fed. But somebody, somebody, you know, I mean, we're all responsible to, to take care of ourselves, but uh, sometimes we just neglect to do that. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, get caught up in the daily, daily grind. Yeah, well, you know, like this, uh, this traveling and driving thing, you know, the, the motor vehicle laws and, you know, you know I, I want to do certain things that I know I am called to do but it's really wearing on me about how to do it. And, you know, yeah, you can just step out on faith, but, uh, you know, is that, is that the way I'm supposed to do it? Am I supposed to just walk away from Egypt and that's it? You know, is, is there something else I'm supposed to do when I do that? You know, what's involved? And it, it just seems, it's, it just seems to be a lot. And, um, anyway, it, it's really good to hear you. I appreciate that. Were those questions you were asking, were they rhetorical or are you inviting some response or? No, no, I'm inviting as much response as I can get. I, you know, I, I know I need to have, I, I, you know, I mean, I kind of know the answers, but it's, it's, uh, you know, it's like when, when you, you know you're supposed to have a good, healthy diet. And I've studied things and about health. You know, I've done health shows. And then uh, this past week, I spent some time with a friend of mine who's a health practitioner, uh, and, you know, registered nurse. And to hear somebody with her background and her authority to, to you know, tell me that kind of stuff uh, gave me the confidence I needed to believe what I had come to a conclusion on, uh, on my own. And it was really great to have that. And in the same way, you know, I have certain beliefs about what I should be doing and I know yours are very much the same. And so, yeah, of course, you know, all that's going to do is, uh, is confirm things or, or maybe make some slight adjustments to, you know, the focus I need to be having. So yeah, please fire away. Yeah, well, I, what I could recall when I started going through all this stuff, and I believe that if we're paying attention and Elohim wants to make his will known, he's going to make it known. I'm, sometimes it's we come up with these questions or ponder, what is the will of God? And obviously we could see there's a lot of things in Scripture that are particular to the will of God, like loving our enemies, forgiving, uh, doing certain things like that. But for certain general things in life that the scripture may not answer directly, we may not see clearly sometimes exactly what that will is. For example, what you're going through right now. And it's only, you can only answer that question, but I'm just going to say this, for example, when I was going through this, I'd ask the question, well, Father, is it your will that I do this? Because it's easy to see something that's right and to do and to have a heart to do something about it. But the challenging thing is, how do you go about doing that thing which you think that you're not sure whether it's the Father's will or not? 
And I think it's very important because if we're seeking the Father and he really wants us to do something, the only way I could explain it, that he's going to make his will known. He's going to give you specifically what he wants you to do. And I'm just going to go through this example, and I've gone through it before, but I think it's a perfect example to try to understand what's going on. I've shared when I got pulled over and I got my car taken away and citations issued, I was going to litigate against the officers that I dealt with. So I'm just going to mute. I'm going to mute you out there, Gus, a little background noise. Oh, sorry about that. That's okay. I'll just mute you out and I'll just bring you back in after I'm done. So where was I? Oh, so. In my flesh, I wanted to litigate against these cops because I wanted to prove my point because I believed that was right. They have violated my rights and on and on. And this went on for like two weeks. I would proceed in doing research and how to litigate and go to court and whatnot. I remember I was studying the word and I was in a time of worshiping our creator. And... Now, I say this as just to be communicative, uh, and I'm going to say the Holy Spirit told me, but they weren't audible words. It was more, I believe that uh, God communicates to us through our spirits, through our minds, our thoughts. So if our thoughts are on what is right, they're on his word, we're going to hear him more clearly. So I heard what I want you to do from the Holy Spirit, and this may sound a little crazy, but hear me out. I want you to write a letter to these officers, forgiving them. I want you to send them a Bible, and I want you to give them some of the law so they could be aware of it. And I was like, really? This is what you want me to do? Because his word instructs me to do that. For example, what was going through my mind at the time, they trespassed against me, and the word of of Jesus that came to my mind right away was that I have to, I'm commanded to forgive them uh, their trespasses or else my father, my heavenly father won't forgive me of my trespasses. So, and then I went through the process of, okay, what kind of letter am I going to write or, and what part of the law am I going to give to them? And I just proceeded to what was on my heart and I examined it to see if it lined up with the word of God. And then it was, it was good. Like there was nothing wrong with it. And that's how I proceeded in taking care of that issue. But nothing was in scripture telling me, well, if you get pulled over by police officers and you get your car taken away and you get citations, I mean, the word doesn't address that. So in those specific things, you, we have to, as believers, seek him for that and look, okay, we have the law on our side which is man's law, even man's law, if we're talking about the driver's licenses and and whatnot, even man's law supports that. For me, I go a step further. What in our creator's law supports that? And then from there, I have to make a decision. I, I have to do something. I can't stay neutral. I have to say, well, if I really believe the father wants me getting rid of my license, I could see in man's law, that I have the justification for that. Now I have from his law, I see the justification from that. That's when now I could make a step of faith, even though not knowing how all that's going to play out. I am confident in my spirit because now I could take a step because I've learned from his word 
to now enjoy that liberty. Does does that make does that help out or make any sense at all? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. And like I said, you know, it's it's not that it's new. It's just it just feels real good to hear it again. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, the point the point of, of, of living this out in faith, because liberty, it takes faith to live out. There, there's not, in my experience, I don't see any way around it. Uh, there's no way I could go down the roads the, uh, in the, the status that I am and how I'm living without faith. I mean, I wouldn't want to, because you know, as a believer, we, we sh- everything we should do should be, I think, an exercise of faith. So you have to come to a decision, okay, what am I going to do? Okay, I'm going to be going down the road in my car. I don't have a plate on there. Should I do something about the plate? Should I put a plate on there? What kind of plate should I put on there? And I think that through those types of questions and through those types of seeking, we're going to be led into the truth. Like for me, I was led to Embassy of Heaven out in, at the time, Oregon there in Washington right now. So that was confirmation that I got, that I believe that I got from from the Father to proceed the next step. Because now I'm not, I'm not like easy prey or easy pickings because if you're going down the road without something on the back of your car, well, that's going to bring attention from police officers and 99.9% of the time they're going to pull you over. So, um, yeah, so that's how, that's how I address that. Or you make up your own plate, you do something, you put something on there. So you're not conspicuous. Well, see, uh, that was where I was at until I got to Missouri and I seen this white pickup truck I sent you a picture of, and his license plate was a bird. It was just nothing but this red bird on a, you know, on a red background. It looked like a cardinal standing on a branch or something like that. And, and I thought, you know, if you're going to do it, just do it. Just, right, you right. Know, yeah, just you know, put a chipmunk on there or, or, or a, you know, porcupine or something, you know, I mean, whatever you, whatever you believe you should put on there. And, uh, you know, the point where I'm at, <clears throat> where I've been at for a couple of weeks now is, um, well, about a week and a half. I, ever since I saw that truck, I thought, you know what, I'm going to, you know, I can get the uh, dove of peace, you know, where you see the dove in the clouds, yeah, you know, some some form of that picture, and, uh, and and put some words on there. For instance, uh, three nineteen USC six forty two, which is my favorite co- quote of their code, telling everybody that you know. So th- here's the Supreme Court telling all lower authority that they do not have the authority to prescribe to man what he shall believe or act as if he's got faith in any particular thing. And I don't believe I have to register my car or to have a driver's license, et cetera. And here's the Supreme Court saying essentially the same thing. You know, that, that was a case about the Pledge of Allegiance and, you know, that you, you can't force somebody to act as if they have faith in your thing. And right. I, I believe it applies to every aspect of life because the bottom line is the freedom of speech, the freedom of the press, the, the right to redress, all these things that – that we hold dear as free and, you know, as part of freedom and part of liberty and, and so on are all rights of conscience. And the ultimate right to conscience is to believe in what God's, God puts on your heart. And so you know, I'm taking this bird of peace 
this Dove of Peace with you know 315 US 642, and on there the words maybe you know, maybe permanent, private, and then at the bottom non-commercial. Yeah, that's well, it. I mean, it, yeah, if you, and if you're led by if you're led by the Father to do that, then absolutely do that. Um, you know, when I was going through this, and human nature is to always ask the what if questions. Okay, what if I do this? What can trying to, to figure out possibly what would be the consequences if this particular thing happened? Now, I don't have a problem with that. I do have a problem if we let that control our decision making, because there's a certain point that I get to where you, I mean, you can't figure out every scenario, and then you know, you're no longer operating in faith, and you're not, you're not trusting in the sovereignty of Elohim. Because if, if you understand, and this is like talking about God is love and getting into the character of who he is. So one of, one of the aspects of his character is that, that he's sovereign. So that means he's, he's Lord over everything. So I believe that if I'm going to go down the road and I get pulled over by a cop, that is within his providence. He is, he's letting it happen for a specific reason. I mentioned that on other episodes as well. So that gives me great confidence to know that because he's loved, because he's benevolent, and we looked at those five points, because he is good, because he has a he possesses a love for mankind. So he wants me to be free. He wants me to be prosperous and happiness in that liberty. And he's so kind to me that he allows me to enjoy that liberty. I've often I've often asked myself the question, because you hear people sometimes when they start entering into uh, living this way, that they're harassed, that they have a hard time enjoying it. I remember asking the question, what's the point, Heavenly Father, if you call me to liberty, but I can't enjoy it? If I'm being harassed by unbelievers all the time to not enjoy your liberty, what's the point? I might as well be a slave to everybody else. So I've seen over these past, you know, 11 years or so, just his goodness, you know, just like we looked at the, and I'm going to, you know, refer back to those five points. I see those things that he is, be, of his character that he's bestowed on me, not, not from anything that I've done, but because of who he is and my response to who he is. So like, for example, you know, I've talked about the insurance thing. Well, Elohim is my insurance. I don't have earthly corporations as my insurance. Why? Because I'm believing in his word. So he says, okay, you're believing in my word. So I'm going to, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to prosper you in that. It's not necessarily, it could be material things, but it's also spiritual things that the, the fact of having peace, because I understand that Theos or Elohim is love. So it gives me great confidence to take a step of faith to say, Hey, and, and it's, it's really, it points to a testimony as well to other people saying this is who he is and this is how he operates in someone's life if they're, if they're willing to trust him and so on and so forth. So, yeah, I mean, whatever you, wherever stage you're at with this driver's license thing, I would just encourage you to be fully persuaded, not only from man's law, but also from Elohim's law, from his word, that you would confidently be able to say, like when I did those notices, you know, to the court. I put scripture in there because that's really our life. For example, here's a great uh, scripture, uh, Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse three. Let me pull that up and uh, put it in the chat because this is uh, just great stuff. Uh, again, it's to 
give us because that's what we we need confidence we need the 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 knowledge of his word to to give that that's why i give the word so anyway deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 3 he's talking to the israelites after he he uh um saved them from egyptian bondage he's teaching him that his law and how to walk and he says and he humbled thee and suffered thee or allowed thee to hunger fed thee with manna which thou knewest not neither did thy fathers know that he might make you know that man does not live by bread only but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the eternal does man live so that's what i that's why i emphasize it's okay to look at man's law but man's law is limited because elohim's law man's law is, comes from that rightful law not 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 the not de facto law so um uh, you know speaking of that I have studied codes and statutes for a very, very long time, and I have yet to see any, any. Um, I, I believe that they are extremely cautious to not cross the line. You know, it's all by contract, and if you contract in, then that's it. You're, you're in, and you know they do not force you to do anything. And that's one of the hard things that I'm, you know, that I'm dealing with is how do you exit with honor? How do you leave and not, you know, because you don't go visit a friend's house and, and then, you know, take a crap on the floor on the way out the door. You know, you, you leave in honor. You came in honor. You leave in honor. You know, everything's good. And so I spent the entire day talking to the federal DOT, the, the DMVs of four different states, trying to get information on how to properly exit, you know, uh, you know I wish to have my, my information deleted from their database. And, you know, so I'm following up on that to, to be able to leave an honor. And that's really the struggle for me is, you know, how do you do it? I know it's the right thing to do. I've got no doubt in my mind about that. Well, why would you be considered in asking them how to how to exit the, the system? I mean, if you look at, and I'll just give you two scriptures from God's word, and you probably know these, but it'll be good for the listeners too. In Second Corinthians chapter six, um, I'm just bringing this up on eSword so I could copy it and paste it. Just give me a couple seconds here. Ah, uh, let's do this right. That's here. a great software. I know it is. The more I use it, the the more I'm learning about it. Yeah. Uh, it, it is. It's 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 becoming my primary. Um, yeah, I, I got that of, from Dwayne back in 2012, and uh, you can get. I don't know if the Dewey Rains Bible is available on that, but you can get you know 40 or 50 different versions. Oh yeah, and, and, and a lot a lot of it's just all of them. They're free downloads. There's a lot of commentaries and dictionaries that are free downloads. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, yeah, I posted I posted these scriptures in the chat in Second Corinthians chapter six verse sixteen. And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For all of you are the temple of the living God. As Theos has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their supreme authority, and they shall be my people. Verse seventeen. Wherefore. Come out from among them and be separate, says uh, Kodias, or the master, or ruler, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, 
and I'll be a father unto you, and all of you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. So here we're getting a commandment from our Creator to come out from among them. Now, how one integrates that or understands that or applies it to their life, but I look at it as like, okay, when this all started with me with the income taxes, come out from among them. Peter, you, you don't have to pay income taxes. I didn't call you to that. But I'm gonna I'm gonna give you what you need to get out of that system, and mm -hmm. now now I'm gonna give you an opportunity to trust me some more. That's what it comes down to it, because he's given us these opportunities and seeing if we're gonna trust him in that. Because yeah, it, well, if we yeah if we have faith in something and then we we walk through that particular part of our life. And that's it. We're, you know, we sit comfortably for the next 20 years. What testimony is that? You know, I, I believe we are called to continuously have faith. Have yeah. faith in one more thing, one more thing, one more yeah. thing. I don't think there's an end to it. Because, but why do you, why do you think it is like that? So that we can, so we can develop faith and develop trust and know to learn, to, you know, to learn who God is and to learn who we are in him. And to, it, it's the whole experience of, of being here. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's really, it's really to experience him more in our lives. That he's yeah. involved more in our lives. I think that's the essential. I, I think sometimes maybe we, get focused on our from our perspective rather than from his perspective I meaning like like everything well, you said is absolutely <laughs> right i totally agree with you but the thing is is that he wants to ex us to experience him more involved in our lives because like i said like you're dealing with the driver's license thing so if you bring that to him and and then you find out from him exactly what you want to do you have now experienced him in a new way that you and then again, this is because of sin. We're we're in bondage because of what Adam and Eve did, and because we're born with a sinful nature. He just he wants to deliver us out from because the whole the whole Bible is about salvation and and learning what that is in our lives, not only for eternity, but as we live on this side of the grave. And this is what we're talking about on this show and so many other different forms. We're trying to ascertain what that is. To enjoy, because you want to go down the road, and you basically correct me if I'm wrong. You want to enjoy the freedom that Christ has given you. Plain Absolutely, simple. that's it. Yeah. So it's anybody, not any, any more complicated than that. Exactly, and anything that comes against that comes against Christ Himself, because if Christ is giving you that freedom, and someone's trying to take it away. They're trying to put you back into bondage. That's where the whole battle is. Because Satan doesn't yeah. want us to be free. Yeah. And and people who who side with Satan, whether they realize it or not, don't want you to be free. They're either jealous or envious of your liberty. And it's just to and it's not to flaunt it in front of people's faces. It's not to walk around like you know, like your crap don't stink. It's just the very fact that Christ is giving you the liberty. You're just learning how to live it and enjoy it. That's the way I look at it. That's, uh, I don't see it any different. So, but if we, if we rewind back to the issue is, gosh, you don't need man's permission or the, you don't need their recognition of you, um, 
coming out from them. You already have the father's direction to do that. And it's incumbent on every believer to seek him and to find out exactly what that is. But I want to just point to the other scripture I posted up there, you know, Revelation chapter 18, four. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people, that you're not partakers of her sins and that all of you receive not of her plagues. Now that could be, you know, that could be looked at in different ways, but in the basic ways, looking at that as coming out from that world system, coming out from that worldly way of thinking, that worldly way of doing things, the world we will, you have to get a driver's license, you have to do this, and now you're coming out from that because you have the mind of Christ. Now you're being led into learning to think differently. This is an interesting word. Repent is an interesting word. I've, I've heard a lot of times that it's um, defined as to change one's mind or to turn around to change one's mind, which is correct. But if you look, especially the New Testament meaning of that, it's a compound Greek word, which is actually metanoeo, which is two Greek words, which means to come alongside, to think differently. So when we have that relationship with the Holy Spirit, we're actually coming alongside him to learn to think differently. That is our repentance. That is us changing our way of thinking. So we now have, because we have the mind of Christ, we're learning how to think differently, so therefore we're learning how to live differently, and so on and so on. Mm -hmm. And that's cool stuff. But again, uh, just to reiterate, I, I believe the Father is giving us, we have to make the decision to say, okay, I'm going to take this step of faith. This doesn't force us. It gives us the opportunity, but it doesn't force us. But I think we need, we need, I don't know. I've just experienced it my whole life that I'm, I'm faced with this issue. I have to make a decision e either way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, yeah. if you make the decision of not having a life and you're operating in faith and doing and you and, and you continue to learn more and you you get reminded or uh, you learn better and, and whatnot. Um, you, you know, like. I guess if a believer is faced with the opportunity to exercise faith and they don't want to take it, it's not, I'm not saying that, you know, God loves them any less or now, you know, God's angry with them or whatnot. It's just the fact that they can't enjoy that liberty. They have to deal with the bondage. Does that make any sense? Uh, yeah, of course it does. Yeah. So, I mean, again, I'm just being repetitive. You know, he gives us these opportunities. If we don't want to take them, it's like, okay, I mean, you don't want to uh, exercise faith to deal with this. Well, now you have to like income taxes or let's say property taxes. That's a, that's an excellent example. I'm telling you, you don't have to pay them. I've given you this property and I'm giving you the, uh, I'm giving you the wisdom to deal with these people and to be honorable and cordial and deal with this thing. But Let's say you 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 pay an eight grand a year in your property, and now you have to work extra hours or an extra job to to pay those property taxes. Well, the father's already shown you what that you're you're free from that. He's given you the wisdom and the knowledge and the understanding to deal with that. But you, you don't want to deal with that. Well, you're still going to have to deal with the burden, not because God's putting that burden on you, it's because you don't want to exercise faith in that area of your life. So you can't enjoy that liberty and so on and so forth as that relationship with him brings. Anyways. Yep, that's, that's, that's the size of it. Yeah. We're the only one two chatting on here. I see, uh, is that Kevin? 
Welcome, Kevin. You want to chime in here at all? I guess not. Anyways, it's it's just you and I talking here. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm not at the computer tonight. It's, uh, I, I've been there all day. I figured I'd step out and watch the sun go down as you were, uh, as you were giving me some words to think on, and that's just what I did. I sure appreciate it. Ah, you're welcome. Yeah, you're, you're right on the verge of uh, taking that step. Well, in, you know, in my heart, I've already taken the step, and in my mind. It's just a matter of, you know, finding the solid rocks to be able to cross the stream, you know, getting a good footing, and yeah. and and that's it. It's just a matter of getting across. And for me, it's not, you know, it's not a, you know, it's not a twelve hundred dollar pickup truck. I'm talking about, you know, a bus that I've got twenty thousand into plus plus labor, and a whole lot more is going to be going into it before I take it down the road. And it's basically my house and everything I'm going to own. And, I mean, I'm putting my life on the line. It's, it's, it's no small thing. And, well, absolutely, uh, yeah, sure. It, it's, it's kind of scary, you know? Absolutely. But, and that's the struggle, you know? When people are well, well invested, yeah. it makes it harder. Absolutely. It's, it's, it absolutely makes it harder. You know? But just, then again, you know, I... You know what I what I do realize is um, the reason I have what I have is I've been blessed, and to not have faith that uh, things are going to remain or whatever, you know, better things are to come. Even you know, to to not have faith uh, would be to not deserve what I've already got. I have a question for you. Yeah. Are you concerned with losing everything that you have? I'm going to lose you, it sooner or later anyway. Or, I mean, do you, are you of the mindset that the father owns it all and if he wants to take it away, he will? And that should, is that, so this is some of the things that go through my mind, which is natural. And yeah. it's definitely, I'm not, it's not. I'm not being condemning. It's just what we think about. Oh, it is what we think about, you know. And for me, I, you know, in 2002, I got divorced, and I've not seen my two oldest daughters in 17 years. And I decided way back then to live with that, you know. If this is what you want, I'm, I'm okay with it. You know, I mean, I raised them up. They're gonna keep going the way I raised them. You know, that's what you said. And, and sure enough. I get reports from my mom and dad and other people about how my kids are doing and how they, you know, who they are and how they conduct their life. And I'm really proud of, of who they've become. I'm really happy with who my kids are. They don't know that I'm happy with them because I don't have contact with them. But, uh, you know, but I, you know, I mean, my oldest daughter has been with the same guy. She's 29. She's been with the same guy since she was 16. You know, wow. that's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, so, you know, uh, you know, I raised them up and, and you know, I, I was taken out of that situation for whatever reason. 
And I learned all sorts of things, and I became who I am today because of all that. And so there was definitely a purpose to it. I mean, look at the websites, look at the stuff I've learned, look at the people yeah. I've helped. Right. So you know, obviously there was a, a much greater purpose to my life than, than sitting in New Hampshire. And, and you know, I, my youngest was seven when, she, uh, when, I, when I left, and uh, she's now a police officer in Virginia. And, you know, I mean, they're all doing really, really well. Um, not that, not that I think that that's doing well, <laughs> but uh, I, I'm sure that she does not behave the way your typical police officer behaves because she, you know, she got a good dose of reality when she was a kid and she saw corruption. You know, of all the, of all my kids, she saw it more clearly than anyone. And you know, we uh, we reconnected for a couple of years when she turned 18, so we. We talked, chatted, had dinner, lunch together, went and saw a couple of movies together. So we reconnected from the time she was 18 to, to just before she turned 21. And, you know, she was going to college for criminal justice and calling me and, and asking me about Supreme Court cases and, she, you know, she couldn't figure them out. And it's not like I knew a whole lot, but it was fun to be able to have the conversation. And uh, so it was just, it was really cool. I mean, my kids have been a blessing to me, even though I've not seen them in ages. And I think this issue is going to pan out the same way, you know, one way or another. I wonder what she might think of what what you know today. <laughs> well, we're going to have that conversation someday, I'm sure. <laughs> she's, going to come out, she's going to come out to where you live and arrest you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I think a big yeah. thing what what I came across, you know, I knew the scripture, but sometimes when you're going through things, scripture just jumps off the page. And um, say for me, I think it's in Luke chapter nine. Just give me a second here. I forgot where it's at. Um, I know it's in Mark chapter 8. Okay. Uh, it says right here, Mark 8.35. I'll just post it. Um, I think the, and I'm going to explain the, the little difference that it is in Luke, but Mark 8.35, whosoever will save his life shall lose it. Whosoever mm -hmm. shall lose his life for my sake in the Gospels. There it is. The same shall save it. That was a big impact on my life. And also the story of Job. And like I said earlier, keeping in mind the sovereignty of God, knowing that everything is his and he's watching over everything and he allows things to happen and prevents things to happen according to his will. So if I'm if he gave me this house and it was his decision that I lose it. Because, again, I, I believe that no man can do anything to me unless he allows it. That's such great comfort and confidence in knowing that. If I've done mm -hmm. all I can to, like, with, with the and I keep bringing up the property taxes because that's what I'm going through now. And I think that's just a great example. That if I've gone through all I've gone through to try to get clarif clarification and being honorable and do the right thing. 
And he still allows the house to be taken away. Again, it's for a particular reason. I may not know it. I don't want it to happen. But am I, I ask myself, if the Lord Jesus Christ gave up all who he is for me, am I willing to do the same? Like today, Good Friday, it's just like this is when he was crucified. Some believe he was crucified on Wednesday, but I don't want to go through that. But the fact is, this time of the year, we recognize what he's done for us as laying down his life and then rising from the dead, which is the most important event in human history, even though, uh, you know, we don't live like it as a society and people in the world. Anyway, so I take great comfort in knowing if he gave his all for me, am I at least willing to do that? Not that it happened, like he said to the rich man, when the rich man asked him, what must I do to enter eternal life? And Jesus said, go sell all you have, give to the poor and come follow me. And dude couldn't do it because he was attached to his worldly things. Mm -hmm. You know, so I, I think if we get the right mindset and saying, okay, the eternal gave me this bus to enjoy. But for whatever reason he deems fit, am I willing to let it go? And if he wants to take it from me, am I going to be cool with that? Yeah. It's, it's, it's really an interesting thing to think about because in our natural man, we want to just accumulate all that we can because we think that's what's going to bring happiness and peace and all this other nonsense. But what, what I mean, the gospel just turns all that on its head saying, are you willing to at least say, okay, if I take all this stuff from you, it's just a hypothetical question. It's good to provoke some thought. Peter, if I take all the stuff from you that I gave you, are you going to still be cool with that? Are you still going to believe me or still going to trust me and whatnot? And whatever answer you come to, I, I don't think, I think the only correct answer that you can come to based on scripture is that we have to be. We have to be perfectly fine with that, whether we're in a prosperous state or we're in a state of abasement, because that's what Paul said. He says, I've learned to be content when I was prosperous, and I've learned to be content when I was abased, when I didn't have anything. And it doesn't, he says it doesn't matter what state I'm in. I'm going to be confident in, in my, my Lord and Savior. And how awesome is that? I mean, you can't, I mean, you can't, that's a kingdom principle. That's 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 how the kingdom operates. That's how his people operate. And uh, that's what, I mean, trying to get that across that would give people confidence and take that whatever step of faith that you need to in regarding liberty. Sound like a broken record sometimes, but, I mean, that's the message. Well, you know, it, it, it's um, there's always a, a certain amount of repetition necessary for things to sink in and in the years that I've worked with people people that I've helped in the past will call me up and they don't want to hear anything new they want to know that it's still the same <laughs> you know because uh, if there was something new they'd be concerned and the fact that everything's the same I've got the same story and I sound like a broken record gives them you know some stability because they, you know they know that i continue to study and to, and to try to improve and if i sound exactly like i did before then chances are not much has changed so well you know, i think a, you know what i mean i mean just on this show I, I mean, we just 
Yeah, but on this show, that's exactly what I mean. You know, it, it's the comfort of knowing that it's the same thing. It's not changing from week to week, and that's it. You know, you might hear it differently. Different people might come on the call and, and have a conversation, and through their experiences in life, new things, you know, new light will be shed on, on you know, some way of looking at the same stuff, but it's the same stuff, and it's important that it's the same stuff. Right. At I, least that's, yeah, I agree you know, with you. Yeah, that, that's how I see it. You know, I mean, one of the reasons I needed this tonight is I needed to know it's the same stuff. <laughs> it hasn't changed in the last two weeks that I've been vacant. <laughs> well, scriptures do say that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So <laughs> he changes yep. not. Yeah. So what's going well, on with your uh, what's going on with your move? Are you in Missouri now? Are you settled down or? No, I'm in uh, I'm in Minnesota. I, uh, I I drove down there to check out a place. It looked pretty good, and so uh, I dropped the car off and I flew to Texas to meet with a friend of mine who's a nutritionist, and um, hung out with her for five days. And it was really great to catch up. And then uh, flew back here, and uh, I'm gonna just uh, I mean that pretty you know that put me out cash but the only way to get the stuff down there is to drive it down and fly back and um i haven't been able to figure out a cheaper way to get things down there except to maybe sell them but i had i had a guy a mechanic over here checking out the bus in my uh, box truck uh yesterday and he told me the box truck needs absolutely nothing but an oil change and the bus needs about 4,000 in parts and labor, which is kind of minor considering, you know, uh, that, that it's a, you know, a 1985 with 900,000 miles on it. He said the engine should be good for, for 2 million miles. And then the other car I have, uh, yeah, I've got a 94 and a 96 Volvo. So, you know, I buy stuff that's very used and I take good care of it. You know, stewardship, I mean, I believe in that. I don't believe in buying something new and, and paying all that interest and, and wasting, you know, uh, wasting what I've been given for comfort or, you know, for some new gadget in the dashboard. So, um, you know, it's just a process of you know, how am I going to do it, you know? Um, what's the next step? So because my resources are, are slim, uh, you know, it's taken me a long time to get to where I'm at. Um, you know, I'm cautious, and I and I try to proceed with knowledge and and try to cover all bases and so on. Uh, you know, not so much out of fear, just out of good stewardship, just just trying to make sure that things are, are taken care of. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's pretty much it. You know, I mean, I thought about losing everything. If I lost everything, then. Um, and that means I'm free to start over somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. And and that might happen. It might not. Yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, I could end up with everything on a on a 40-foot container and having that shipped to Chile or some foreign country where I'm going to go, you know, help some, you know, help help five or six other guys set up a village. <laughs> yeah, who knows. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. And, yeah, and I'm absolutely. okay with that. I'm totally okay with that. 
You know, the one thing nobody can take away from me is the skills that I have to build and create. Uh, you, know, you can't take that away. Right, yeah. That's, that's, that's in there. And, you know, my health is up to me. You know, I eat healthy, I eat clean, and I take care of myself. So, you know, because I want to I be more like a lithium battery, you know, just go, 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 go right to the very end. And then, <laughs> and then, bam! It's over. I, yeah. I don't want to be like a you know an alkaline battery that just slowly goes downhill for thirty years. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my dad's like that. My dad's the oldest hockey referee in New Hampshire. You know, he still does college games. He's seventy-four years old. Wow. He's gonna be seventy-five this summer, and you know, he's he's in way better condition than I am. <laughs> So, yeah, my dad. My know, dad's eight. My dad's eighty-four, and he still goes to the gym like three times a week. No, I think yeah. he goes five times a week. I, I think it's great. It, it's great to take care of yourself because I believe that is also stewardship. <clears throat> yeah, I agree with you on that. That's something I need help in that area. Which is very lazy. It's it's not. Um, I think the discipline is more on the intake and the misconceptions. Uh, we can talk about that sometime if you'd like, but yeah, um, definitely. I, I think the gut affects everything in your body, everything, no exception. And there's a lot of background that proves that. And, you know, I, I think the medical society is bought and sold this, the exact same way the legal society is. I think they're both fraudulent. They're they're both you know trying to figure out ways to empty your pockets. Period. They, they make you sick, and then they send you they sell you the, the you know the monkey piss and, and snake snake oil. You know, <laughs> monkey piss. <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, that's, that's what they do. They don't have anything over God. God, you know. And I I just discovered uh, over the last five days I've been reading a new book and. And it explained how the gut works. And it didn't say anything about chicken soup. But now I know why chicken soup is so, so good for you. Because it denies the bad bacteria in your gut from growing. And it feeds only the good bacteria. And, and I also learned how sugar, especially refined sugar, honey and uh, you know, the sugar you get from fruits is way better. But your refined sugar never makes it into your system. Your body can't break it down, so it becomes available to the bad bacteria, and that causes it to grow. So yeast and and uh, gluten and things like that. So you know the stuff the stuff is becoming extremely logical, just like law and uh, everything else I've ever learned. You know, I didn't at one time I didn't know how to do plumbing. At one time I didn't know how to do electrical. You know, yeah. now I can wire a generator, you know, in a transfer switch into a live panel. You know, it doesn't bother me at all. But you don't get that kind of confidence, you know, and, and I wouldn't recommend anybody do it. I mean, if I can avoid it, I will. Uh, but, you know, standing there in the dark with a flashlight in your mouth while you're trying to wire a live panel is no joy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you learn to do things. In health and law and everything else that we do, it's all the same. You know, you got, you got to go slow, take it easy learn one little thing at a time and and life is great it's just really awesome to you know to have this opportunity to grow 
in in knowledge and in, in you know, all these things that we learn. It's just amazing. And to do something with it too. It's not just not just learning it and leaving it on the bookshelf. Let it collect dust over yeah. here. It's actually doing something with it. Well, I mean, we're supposed to help our fellow our fellow man. And, you know, that's what you're doing with this show. That's what I've done with my shows. Uh, you know, I, I still answer the phone. I put my phone number out all the time you know, for people who, you know, I mean, it's 603-396-1092. You know, I put it out there. You want to call me, call me. If, if I hear it ring, I'm going to answer. You know, there's a lot of times I don't know who's calling and, you know, I'm in the middle of something and I'll call back. You know, but I've, you know, I've been put here to help my fellow man and to, you know, to, to whom much is given, much is expected. I believe that. And, um, you know, I, I just God is, is awesome. You know, it's, it's just awesome to be alive. And it's, you know, the, the thrill of having faith is better than, than the thrill of victory. <laughs> the thrill of having what? Faith. Faith. Okay, gotcha. When you, when you, you know, I mean, you get these guys that are adrenaline junkies jumping out of a plane or riding, you know, the big waves. Uh, you know, that's great, but try traveling without plates in your car. Yeah, that doesn't have any. <laughs> I don't, exactly. I, I don't believe that has any everlasting value. No, it doesn't. It's got no value, you know, because you're. You, you know, you're not doing anything. You're not helping your fellow man. You're not going to teach anybody how to surf that 50-foot wave. And if you do, so what? Well, what are they going to get out right. of Right. It, it doesn't you have know? any, yeah, per, You save them from a broken neck? I mean, yeah, good deal. Exactly. Yeah, you just get exactly. So, you get a rush for like 30 seconds. Yeah, on the other hand, you know, I, you know, you learn something about medical stuff, and somebody calls you and their foot hurts or you know, their neck's cramped up or whatever, and you can help them out, you just relieve somebody's pain. You know, it's, you know, it's the same thing with the lost stuff. Uh, oh, exactly, yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's great, it, you know, and what I've noticed is, you know, people will, I'll help somebody two years later, I hear back from them about another situation, and I listen to them, and they've come so far. I don't know who they learned from, but they've come so far and they'll tell me about the people they're now helping. And it's, it's just, it's great. It's, you know, it's like children and, 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 you know, who have grandchildren, you know, when they have kids, now you've got grandchildren. I imagine it's, you know, I don't have any, but I imagine it's, it's like that, you know. It's, you, see, you see the ripples of your efforts going out through, through the ocean of life. Yeah, it definitely is cool. I mean, it's, I believe it's, it's the father's work through us. I wanted to, um, I wanted to share. I believe it was a victory. You got? Do you remember Darren out in Canada? Yes. Yeah. He he was dealing with that court case where he got his uh his car taken away, and then he got citation. He got arrested, and then he got released, and he got his car out of impound. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he shared with me a little bit of his court case that happened back on the twelfth. So it was about a week ago. I'm surprised he's not on the show tonight. Uh, they it seemed like they postponed his case. Like he was ready to. He went down to the court, if I remember, dealing with the paperwork. And I guess he was waiting to go in the courtroom. And some lady approached him and told him that they weren't able to deal with his case at the time. And they just let it go at that. 
that's what it seemed like. I didn't I didn't get a ton of information from him, but I'm thinking because he put the notices in that I basically put into the, my court case back over a year ago that the blue, blueprint I used off of your gun charge case. So it seems like it, I could be wrong, but I think when a court does that, they don't want to deal with you. So it's basically they're trying to quietly dismiss it. And because uh, he said there were other people around there, I guess, in the courtroom and in the court, they were probably trying to keep them from hearing uh, his strategy or the way he went about it. But it yeah. seems like uh, seems like he's had some success over there because I haven't heard anything else unless he got arrested again and he's sitting in jail. But, you know, I just wanted to share yeah. that. And, you know, he used the, he used the notices that basically you used and I use, and he used, put scripture in there and, and whatnot. And I thought that was, I thought that was pretty cool and important. The stuff actually works guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. not theory, man. It's like, you know, you take this stuff and you put it in. That's what I'm trying to say. Just put the stuff to work. It works and it has mm -hmm. results. And yeah. it's just great when you experience those. Like when I was, uh, I don't think you were on the last show. I think Chris was. Yeah, I was. I got into my first little fender bender. I don't know, two or three weeks ago. And you know, I was after it happened. The guy pulled on a on a side street wherever he was pulling. Trying to make a long story short, I pulled into the shopping parking lot, and. In the shopping parking lot, you have an entrance, and then it goes down a little bit, then an exit. So I entered into the exit, and I parked my my van so I could go over there because I want to talk to the guy and say, hey, listen, man, I'm, I'm real sorry. Uh, you know, whatever it takes for you to get it fixed, I'll take care of it. Here's my information. And he asked me if I had a license and stuff. I said, no, nah, I, don't, I don't carry I don't have anything with me. So uh, I gave him my business card with my name on it. And on my business card, there's a little scripture in the top right corner. That I have on there. It's, it's John three thirty six, and he like looked at that, and he's like, it piqued his interest. And he's like, what does what does that scripture say? So I was I was able to share with him, and uh, you know, I'm like, I don't know if he called the cops or not, because when I was after I parked and I walked over to his car, he was on the phone. So I don't know if he was talk because right in that area that I was was the the borough uh, municipal building where the police department's in. It's like, you know, like probably two, three hundred feet away. So I want to get out of there. So finally, we, we got done with the information and talking about it. And he was like, you know, it was very minimal damage. He said, don't worry about it. It's just a work car. And I kept telling him, you know, if you want to come by my house, because he, he lives in the same bar I live in. I said, if you want to come by my house now, I'll give you some cash towards it. He's like, ah, don't worry about it. So I got in the van. And I was about pulling out of the parking lot. And it, at, at the light, there was a light right there. And. There's cars lined up, so I couldn't get out of the parking lot right away. So I'm in the exit part of the parking lot, and these two cops pull into the entranceway. I'm thinking maybe he called the cops, and this, they were just getting over to the getting over to there, you know, where I was at that moment. I'm just like, Lord, I don't feel like getting arrested because if I get stopped, you know, there's I don't know if there's I've been trying to look this up and I can't find it about statute of limitations on warrants or traffic citations. So if there's no yeah. statute of limitations, you know, there's warrants out for me because I didn't go to court a couple of times that citations were issued. So yeah, yeah. I was, I was like, Lord, I, I don't want to get arrested right now. 
And then a light turned green and the cars went and I was able to get out of there. And I was like, Phew. I was thinking to myself, why did that happen? What, what can possibly the father have for me to go through for that to happen, for me to experience and learn from? And a couple of things. Number one, how would I handle myself in a situation like that? Number two, I got a chance to witness to the guy. And number three, I got a chance to exercise faith in getting on my way and not, you know, being protected and being delivered from, you know, because obviously this is what we're talking about. We deal with these things in the natural mind. If we get pulled over by a police officer, what we're going to do, what, 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 what can possibly transpire and all those things that, that go through our heads and, um, and how to overcome that obviously by getting in the word and finding out. So it was a chance to, again, just experience the Lord's deliverance because I've experienced the Lord's deliverance several times. I mean, I could have been arrested by now and thrown in jail or whatnot. And, uh, yeah, that was a pretty cool experience. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, you know, my, uh, my gun charge in 2015, you know, that, that gave me, it was a, you know, it lasted three weeks, you know, it gave me a really good taste. It cemented for me the things that I believed. So, you know, until the heat gets turned up, you might have a bunch of theories, but once that heat gets to the boiling point and, and you have to make a decision on how you're going to go. There you go. And then, then that's it. You're, it's like welding, you know. Once you strike that arc, that's it. It's not coming apart. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good way of looking at it. <laughs> well, you're, you know, it's fusion. You're in. That's it. You know, the heat is high. You just jumped in both feet, and you had to make a choice which way you're going to go, and that's it. You know, once you make that choice uh, and you decide you're all in, then that's it, you know. And, and it's so much easier on the other side of that choice. Once I made that choice that that's how I was going to roll, I had peace. It was a piece of cake. I just come, you know, literally come hell or high water, that's how I was going. If I was going down, I was going down that way. And that's it. You know, and, and I don't know how else to explain it, but until I made that decision, it was, it was tough. You know, do I do it like this? Do I, trust, do I trust what this guy said? Do I trust what that guy said? And finally, I just pulled the plug on everything I've ever been told and decided I'm a man created in the image of God and I have a right to face my accuser. That's the bottom line. And that's how I'm going. And that's it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to remain in honor by settling any claim that is before the court. Whatever it is, I'm here with my checkbook. I'm ready to write the check to remain in honor. Because, if, you know, if there's no controversy, there can be no court. And if I'm willing to pay, the, you know, whatever I owe in damages, then, there, you know, then I'm going to be in honor and there is no controversy. So the whole thing made sense, but it only made sense after I decided to do it. Yeah. And then, you know, three weeks later when they dropped everything, now processed the whole case, then I was on fire with confidence because it was just, you know, wow, it really, really happened. You know, I, I would have never, I would have never had that confidence to help other people if I hadn't gone through it. Sure, right, yeah, absolutely. 
That's, I mean, I, I think that's the same thing with, with everything that we are asked to have faith in. You know, it's, you have to have the faith in order to get through it, in order to have the confidence to continue doing it. And to benefit and prosper from that. Yep. Yep. Like since I started my business in 2010, man, I prospered way more than if I would be working for somebody in my mm -hmm. situation, just the way life's yeah. been for me. And, uh, you know, I'm not willing to, I've been faced with some times where I could have, um, the word I'm looking for, I can't think of the word that I'm looking for that I could have gone back on what I believe. Like recently I gave an estimate to do a painting job for this mortgage company. So I gave him the estimate and I got approved. And then, <clears throat> you know, I get a request from them and I have to uh, fill out a W-9 form for them. And I'm at a point, I'm in a point in my life where I'm just, that's this is the word I'm looking for, compromise. I've been in situations where I could have compromised what I believe and been like, okay, you know, just to get the job, I'll just, I'll just do whatever they're requesting. But I decided to say, you know what? I talked to the lady, I guess, and who cuts checks and stuff like that. I told them, you know, you guys are requiring something that it's not required of me. And if you guys do that, I'd be committing fraud. So I don't operate my business that way. Cause in my mind, I operate my business. It's a private kingdom business. It's outside of that whole corporate system. So I told him, listen, if you want to do business, you know, I'm willing to do business with you and take care of things, but I'm just not doing business the way you guys want to do it, according to that system. And it's a matter of once you really know what you're doing and you know how things work, you could just be confident and very um, well-grounded in how to, how to conduct your affairs in this life. And you become prosperous from that because, again, I don't have to deal with all that taxes and all that regulation and whatnot. I think that's a blessing. I think that's being prosperous, just not having to deal with all those headaches. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd have to agree. You know, the, uh, I, you know, I, I made a decision, same as you did, with the tax stuff in 2009. And in 2012, I wrote to my... Uh, I don't know if you want to call it an employer, but yeah, you know, the company that I was working for, and I told them, you know, I made a mistake. I'm withdrawing all my internal revenue paperwork, IRS stuff. I don't remember exactly what I wrote, uh, and I told them, you know, this is not me, and don't take any more of my paycheck. And I worked for them. They, they never said a thing. You know, the following week, I got my entire check, and I got the, you know, I got my entire check for three or four years before I left that company. And, you know, that, that was it. I, you know, and I get a letter now and then from the IRS telling me that I haven't done this and I haven't done that. And I write back telling them that, you know, I made a mistake way back in 1980 because I was deceived into believing I was a, you know, a U.S. person, a taxpayer, and that I, you know, I want everything back from 1980 forward because, you know, I know I left it with you. You've got my property. Give it back. And, you know, so I hear from them every six or seven months, and it's, it's been almost a year now since I wrote them that, you know, and I've, I've corresponded with them 46 times 
in wow. the last five years demanding that they return my property. And I, I think, you know, I think the proof is in the pudding that I'm not kidding. I want my shit back. <laughs> yeah. And I might never get it back, but they're certainly not getting another dime out of me. Has that been a blessing for you? Yeah, absolutely. And you're enjoying you know, the liberty. I'm enjoying the liberty. Absolutely. That's exactly what it is. You know, it's, it's knowing that I can live on very, very little because nobody is stealing from me because I'm willing to stand up for yeah. what I believe. And, yeah. and that's it. You don't have that financial burden and stress on you. It's, I don't. Right. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it fits in with everything else. It's my lifestyle. It's, it's, it's how I live. Yeah. And, you know, it was gut-wrenching to pay taxes as long as I did because I knew a lot back, you know, in 2006, 2007, you know, and, and to drag that out and not take the final step was, was difficult. And, and I'm having the same thing, you know, the same struggle with this. Uh, the, the driver's license and the plates and everything else. Yeah. And you know, and once I'm on the other side, and I'm almost—I mean, I can just about guarantee I'm going to have court cases <laughs> because uh, you know it's just you know once I get to the other side, I'm not hiding it. Just like that guy with the bird, you know, he's got that cardinal for a license yeah. plate. He's got no numbers on there. He's got nothing that says there was nothing on that truck that said yeah. leave me alone. Nothing. You know? He's not trying to pretend. He's right out there in the open. This is who I am. That's it. And I bet you that guy has a, a, a very amazing level of confidence and liberty knowing that he's got no license plate, he's got a bird on his truck, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, it'd be interesting to hear. You know what he has to say, but that won't happen <laughs> unless he happens no. to stumble on this program. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I just posted well, up in the. I just I just want to say real quick. I posted up in the chat uh, something I dealt with back in 2008, 2009, with a an employer that I work for. I put up their W8 Ben. Uh, it's with AFF or affidavit at that time. This is what I did. So it's a lot of good. I actually went through it today and because I haven't read it in a long time. And I was like, there's a lot of good information in there, even though some of my views have changed. But if anybody wants to check that out, uh, I, mean, it's a, I think it would be a good read. There's a lot of law in it and uh, a lot of I think it would be educational. But what were you yeah. going to say, Gus? Well, uh, I did a, a BEN, a WAPEN back then as well. Uh, not very complicated, though. It was pretty simple form that I created myself based on the original, you know, from the IRS. But uh, that guy with the pickup truck, you know, he is cruising around every day just being who he is. And so, you know, what a, what a message that sends out. You know, I mean, God allowed me to see this guy fly by me. Because he was, I was, you know, the speed limit was, I think, 70. And I was doing about 70, and he, he went by pretty quick. You know, he wasn't really, he didn't seem to care too much. You know, he, must, he was definitely doing over 80. 
Yeah, and so were you know a few other cars. I mean, he wasn't that far out there; it's just ten miles over. But you know, he wasn't being cautious. He was he was just enjoying his liberty. Yeah. Well, it's, you're going to have some things to share with us in the f- near future here, aren't you? <laughs> I'm almost positive I will. <laughs> well, you know how to handle yourself in court, so that's you know you. Would you say you yeah, have plenty of experience? Yeah, it's the whole that? headache of doing it. You know. You get tired of learning one more thing, one more thing, one more thing. But then, if you don't learn it, you got you don't have it to share. So, it's yeah. But what know. else do you what else do you need to learn regarding the courts? I mean, the way I look at it, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's either criminal or civil, and has to be an accuser. There you go. Mm-hmm. Your your paperwork's yeah. simple. Maybe three, four, five notices, very short, one sentences, maybe two, on some scriptural references, and leave the rest in the eternal's hand. Yeah, yeah, oh, I, I, you know, and, and I agree. I, I just the way I look at it is, you know, I, I want to grow some asparagus and some tomatoes, and I just want to be let alone for you know the next twenty years. Just, just walk away. Just hey, let me grow some vegetables. Take an opportunity to share some of the word. You know. Yes, I know. I know. That that's the biggest yeah. thing. It is, and you know, I. I I, I just, yeah. You'll get through it. I'm You'll doing get it. Through it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is where you're at, and yeah, keep us posted on that. Well, what do you think it, you want to do? What do you have on your mind? Just, oh, you, you shared. What do earlier. I have on my mind? Um, well, you shared earlier with the license plate getting the, the dove with the uh, that's Supreme, it. Court, get, Supreme Court Supreme Court reference. I'm going to get those plates for all all four of my automobiles. My transport, you know, utility things, whatever you want to call them. Uh, but yeah, my, you know, I'm, I'm going to get. That's what I'm going to get. That's it. You know, I, I plan on still having insurance through a regular insurance company. You know, while I, uh, while I uh, seek out bond information, personal bonds and things like that. And um, you know, it, it's a, uh, it's not so much. Um, I don't know how to put it, but you know, I'm going to I'm going to continue to research things, and you know, step out one one step at a time, and just you know, shake the mud off one foot and clean that one up, and then walk out with the other one, and just keep on walking. Yeah, that's it. That's all I can do. I I mean I'm in a I'm in a position where I I call. You know the DMVs from four different states, and I called the federal DOT, and uh, they gave me the number to the federal the federal motor carriers department in Minnesota, and I left them a message. You know, every door has been slammed in my face, and that's a pretty good sign. <laughs> what, what 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 were you were you requiring anything from them or? Why'd you yeah, you know, I, I, I told them all the same thing. You know, I, I've read some Supreme Court cases that say that if you use, you know, this property for commercial gain on the on the ways of the state, that you're, you know, you have, you're a driver and uh, it's a motor vehicle. However, if you're using it to travel, then you are, you know, you're a man, you're a traveling man in your property, your household. In a, at that point, it's your household goods. And I've seen a lot of Supreme Court cases that say that exact thing. 
And so I called him up and said, this is what I've read, and I have no idea how to do that, how to, you know, because this is where I'm at. I thought I had to be this way, and now I don't believe that anymore, and I wish to switch over. And, you know, and they're all either, either playing dumb, which I'm pretty sure they're doing, because, you, you know, you can't tell me you've been working for 30 years for the same department and never heard of this through the grapevine or through a friend or whatever, or somebody like me just calling up and asking questions. So, you know, uh, but, you know, I, I've not gotten any answers, and the answers I do have are the ones that, um, you know, I mean, they, they, they've been there all along. It's the same. Nothing's changed. You know, you have liberty, you have the right to locomotion, the right to travel, the right to your conscience, and so on. And those are the fundamental principles that the law of this land, which is, uh, which, you know, the way it was chartered through the, through the king, through King George, I think it was, you know, at the time, it might have been an earlier king, I don't know. But, you know, the, oh, it was definitely an earlier king, because that was uh, in the 1640s, you know, the way... Uh, the, the colonies were chartered. They were chartered to create their own laws according to the mind of God as revealed in his word. That's right in the, you know, the New Haven, Connecticut charter and Massachusetts and so on. So that's the foundation. And you can't, you know, they can't get away from the foundation that was set down for all of this to exist the way it is now. And uh, all they've done is created the possibility for man to engage with them in contract and, and thus become liability for a breach in contract. And so you walk away and you just go back to the way it was when, you know, uh, when the word of God was the ruling thing here because the, rule, you know, the, the word of God is still the law of the land, whether they like it or not. Oh, yeah, and, sure, right. Yeah, and that you know Supreme Court case, uh, West Virginia Board of Education versus Barnett. In that case, the entire case is fantastic because over and over and over and over they repeat the same thing. But on page 624, it's uh, 315 U.S. 624 is the case. But on page 642 is where it talks about if uh, you know any uh, I forgot the what they. Uh, any officer, high or petty, okay, uh, cannot prescribe what shall be orthodox in in anything. You know, they, I mean, and it goes through you know politics, religion, opinions, anything. They, 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 nobody can tell another man what to do. That's the bottom line. So that's their law, their code, which is exactly what uh, the way the country was founded, or the you know the the, the federation was founded. Uh, on those charters, which were supposed to create law according to the mind of God, which is every man is supposed to look within, listen to what God's telling him to do, and act accordingly. Because for me, when I wake up this morning, that's my law. I'm supposed to be acting according to what God's put on my heart yeah. over the last few days. You know, and that's it. That's my law. It's, not, it's nobody else's law. That's my conscience. And your conscience, conscience is different, and no man should judge another man. I can't judge you based on my conscience because, you know, I'm not you. I, I wasn't given the same instructions for, for today that you were. And so, you know, everything is congruent. Everything is, is just as solid as it was before. Nothing's changed. And, 
you know, for me, it's just dotting the I's, crossing the T's, and walking gently to make sure I don't slip on some rock and knock my head off, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's essentially what we're talking about. And if it's kind of cliche in saying this, but if everybody did that, there'd be some massive change. Oh, there absolutely would be. But the problem is not many people are actually doing it. It's, this is what I live for. So that Supreme Court case and the way this, you know, the colonies were set up, their charters, that where the law was to be according to the mind of God is revealed in his word, okay? That is my personal, private, core, it's what I live for. I wake up in the morning and what am I supposed to be doing? You know, I, I've got desires, I've got things that I want to do, but what am I supposed to be doing? What should I be paying attention to? What do you want me to do? And that is, uh, you know, and that, the foundation for that for me is uh, I, I was reading Jeremiah 31, 31 to 34, 35, where he says he, he'll take, you know, the old covenant's gone, and I'll put my law in your heart, and no longer shall one man teach another, uh, but, you know, they shall, all, they shall all know me. And, you know, that's it. It's according to the mind of God as revealed in his word. You're supposed to study. You're supposed to pay attention. You're supposed to look at what you do. You know, if my desire is to be a painter, I'm never going to fix cars because I'm never, my heart's never going to be into it. And why would my heart be into it if God's got something else, to, you know, that he's put on my heart? So, yeah, I think that's the basis for everything. Absolutely. I mean, Eric touched upon it on the last episode, which he's not here tonight, but he touched upon how it's not about us. It's about him. It's not about our, our will. It's about his will. And that's where all the success, that's where all things that man, basic things that man desires is all wrapped up in that right there. Because without that, it's absolute vanity, emptiness, and worthlessness. And trying to get across that if people would just take his word seriously and really find out what his will is, there'd be some major change going on. Major change. Like I talked to some people about, you know, some other believers. Um, how come you don't go to church? I'm like, because there are no churches. I haven't come across a church yet. They're all state incorporated nonprofit organizations. And the fact that just, I've just made a serious statement. That's a serious statement. Absolutely. How, where, where do you come Where do you come across saying there's no churches? But there's no, there's not enough people asking that question. What do you mean they state incorporated nonprofit organizations? What are you talking about? That just there's no yeah. care. It's like, oh, okay, I'll just go on. And... Well, they all they all know it's a 501c3 nonprofit, but they don't have any idea that that's 26 USC 501c3. It's part of the Internal Revenue Code, and it's the Internal Revenue that allows you to be a church and uh, and dictates to you what you shall preach on and not preach on. The separation of church and state. If you cross that line, they with you know they they pull your 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 501c3 status and you have to pay your taxes for the last 20 years 
you know, they absolutely got a chokehold on the church. It's disgusting. So let me ask let me ask you a question. Yeah. I don't know if you have an answer. It's just it's just a question. Is that Elohim's will for the church that they do that? And if it's not, not how do we, how do we know that it's not his will? Because he, ah. you're not supposed to be submitting. Ah, Romans thirteen one says we have to submit to the government. Yeah, we have to submit to a to a government which is of the mind of God. Not the same thing. I was just curious how you would answer that if someone said that to well, you. Well, it's it, you know that that thirteen one cracks me up because I've had that used against me all over and over and over by people who refuse to think. You know, they absolutely <laughs> do not want. That's to a good way of putting it. They don't want to think because if they yeah. think, they know I'm right. Okay, I mean they know, they know. It's you can tell because their argument is so sad and pathetic, and you know, and and and, and what it comes down to is it's not that they're bad people. It's just they see how much work I put in. They they see how many, how much I've studied, how much controversy, everything. You know, they see it all, and they're like, you know, they don't, you know, they. They want to continue with their life without too much interruption, and that's right. it. And yeah. as far as I'm concerned, you know, you're 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 begging, you know, you're begging for for life. That's it. You're, you know, you're you're at their mercy because that's what you've chosen to be. It's not me. It's not what I'm choosing to be. Yeah, it should be what he's choosing you to be. Well, I, I consented in 1987. I had a conversation with God, and I consented that whatever he wants, he's got, and that's it. And, and unless I put the brakes on, you just keep going. And yeah. I've never put the brakes on, I've never looked back, and I never will. It's just, you know, and, and the older I get, you know, I mean, back then I was 22, 23 years old, and it was – you know, I've got 50 years, 60 years, you know, whatever. You, you know, you think you've got forever when you're a kid. And, you know, I was willing to put it all on the line. You, you know, you take the lead, I'm going to follow, and that's it. And, uh, you know, teach me what you got to teach me. I mean, I'm, that's it, you know. So, as and the older I get, well, the less you have to lose because you're at the end. <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. And, uh, yeah. yeah, so it's, it's, it's not that big a deal anymore. You know, if I lose it all, I lose it all. I mean, sooner or later, you know, uh, I mean, you know, whether you're 70, 80, 90, I mean, sooner or later, it's over. That's it. You can't take it with you. you can, yeah, exactly. You can't take it with you. So you might as well enjoy it and, you know, whatever. Whatever, you know. Don't make it an idol. That's it. Yep. You know, I've, I've often thought of the bus. You know, which I'm putting a lot of work into. Should I should I do it the way I want to do it if I'm going to keep it, or should I just do it so that I can, you know, you know, what if I put all this stuff into it and do it really well and then I lose it? You know, well, you know what? If it's done really well, then it's going to be an even greater blessing to whoever gets it next. <laughs> and that's that's it. a that's right? a healthy way to look at it. Why hold back? Well, what's what's the you alternative? Know? If you don't look at it that way, what's the alternative? And you're gonna be depressed yeah, well, and despondent yeah. and suicidal. Exactly. You know, and it took me um, 
so I had bought this uh, in, 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 in May, I think, the end of May last year. And, yeah, with plans to travel with my girlfriend and, and well, I mean, we were considering we were husband and wife because that's, you know, we had decided to grow old together. And she pulled, she backed out, you know, two months into it. She decided it wasn't for her. And I was devastated. And I spent a couple of months, you know, thinking, what the heck am I going to do with this bus? You know, you know, what am I doing? This is insane. You know, the radiator is $3,000, you know. I was able to wow. find a core for, for 800 but Yeah, the thing's massive. It holds, you know, the whole system holds 22 gallons or 23 gallons of antifreeze. Wow. You know, yeah, it's huge. And, you know, the radiator itself in the engine alone holds 17. And, you know, 17 gallons of antifreeze. So uh, I, I think it's like 22 gallons of oil to do an oil change. So, you know, it's not minor in, in the least minor. And so, you know, I'm thinking, what the heck did I get myself into? You know, it sounded great when I thought I had somebody to, you know, to be on my side and to get through the hard times with. You know, if you run across an issue, you know, no problem. We'll work it out, figure it out together. You know, but then when you're alone, you're thinking, you know, what did I get myself into? It, it took me... From about, uh, we split up in June, in late June, and it, I didn't really start working on the bus again until about late September. It, it took me all that time to decide, you know what, you gave me this bus and I'm going to fix it, and that's it. You know, I don't know where it's going to end up, but... <laughs> but so you, you've yeah. had a good time in, in fixing it up and... I've had a great time. I've, I've learned some really amazing things. Uh, just just the whole culture of the of the stuff. You know, I'm able to see things and learn. You know, I've learned a lot. I've gained a tremendous amount of experience. And if nothing else, it was absolutely worth it. You know, people pay thousands and thousands to get uh, an education in something. Yeah, and right. I got to enjoy every minute of it. Yeah. And I can still sell it. I can sell it for way more than I've got into it right now. And so, you know, that's another option, but I, I believe I'm supposed to hold on to it. So that's what I'm going to do. Well, that's cool. Keep us updated. <laughs> I'll call you from jail. <laughs> nah, man, you're not going to go. Well, oh, if I right. do, it won't be long. No. 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 I'll just be, you know, just more... More weaponry just, for the victory. Yeah, it's uh, just more experiences, more more stories to tell when you get older. Well, how many times have you been in jail? Twice? Uh, I went for, uh, I did two back-to-back. -back, uh, I was given eight months. So I was, I was prosecuted for 27 years. I didn't defend myself. And so the whole thing just went down without my consent, without an attorney, without a defense. I got the whole 27 years, and I did eight months. I was sentenced to eight months in the county jail, and then uh, I continued to piss off the courts. And so they gave me another eight months out, you know, about five months into it, they gave me another eight months. And What'd you do? What'd you do to piss them off? I was doing paperwork. I was doing paperwork. I was just telling them, you know, you don't control me. I, you know, 
you don't control my life, my children, you know, they're not your property, they're my property. You know, it's, uh, I was just standing up for myself. And, you know, they, they don't want you to, you know, they, they want you to be compliant. That's it. Oh, yeah, right. And, and so um, they weren't having it. And Good little slave. So they, yeah, so the charges were improper influence on the judge and then another improper influence on the judge, and then witness tampering with a lady who was the guardian at Lightham uh, for my, you know, on behalf of my kids. They said she was a witness. She, you know, she didn't witness anything, uh, but that's what they said. And so those are the three felonies. And then there was obstruction of government administration, a few of those. And, uh, you know, so there was two, you know, two sentences back to back. So I did 16 months. And, and then uh, there was another time I said something to my youngest two daughters that I didn't know was a bail condition. I wasn't allowed to speak about my oldest daughter. And I asked if she was still working at the gym. And I guess that violated some bail condition. So, you know, back inside for 22 days, I got arrested another time. That was only for a few days. I got arrested in 2015. So I was inside for a couple of days, you know, trying to make bail then, you know, it's just, it's really no big deal getting arrested, you know, and once you've been in there for three weeks, then uh, the whole stress of it just kind of dissipates, you know, because you know who's who, you kind of have a really good feel about what's going down. And I'm sure that has a lot to do with the location you're at, um, you know, and when I was in jail, I was, you know, I was uh, roughly 40 years old. 39, something like that, 40, 41. So, I, you know, and I hung drywall, so I was in pretty good shape. And, you know, nobody really messed with me. But, you know, if you're, if you're five foot one and just a little guy, you know, that, that might be a little bit more intimidating. So, you know, I, I don't know. It's, you know, you, you just, you do your best with what you got, and, and that's it. I mean, what else can you do? Where were you, uh, you don't mind me asking you, if you do, just, you don't have to answer. Where were you spiritually at that time? Same place I am now. Okay. Yeah, same place. I was, I was in there, and uh, we, had, we had a King James Bible and a Mormon Bible and this Bible and that Bible. And, I mean, every, every combination of everything. And, you know, sometimes it didn't happen too often, but sometimes, you know, guys would want to talk and uh, they knew you know, where I was at spiritually. So they would ask me to kind of lead and I'd say, well, what do you guys want to talk about? You know, and one of the things that I really enjoyed is, uh, you know, the songs of Solomon. I would, I would tell them, you know, open up over here and start reading. Tell me what you think. And they, they, they couldn't believe that was in there. <laughs> yeah, right. That's some yeah. pretty interesting uh, writing. <laughs> Yeah, you know, her breasts are like pomegranates, and, you know, they, they, they had no idea. And it was just funny to see their face, you know, it was a good icebreaker. And, um, you know, the legs legs like a gazelle, you know, stuff like that. So uh, so we would take each, you know, just decide, like, you know, just pick something and read it, and then we're all going to turn to that page in the Bible we're holding and read the same thing. And so we would just see how different versions would say different things, and just have a conversation, and, you know, maybe that lasted a half hour, and that was it, you know. There was a regular Bible study where people actually came in from churches, and uh, that was once a week. 
So, but yeah, yeah you, spiritually, that was exactly where I am today. I did that a little bit, a little bit of prison ministry back a number of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So you got a lot of experience. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's good to yeah. share. It, it's I learned a lot from being in there. You're with the same guys. And so you know, I was in a block of seventy something guys. The block was actually built for sixteen guys. Wow. And yeah, it was extremely overcrowded. Tension was high. I never got into a fight, although other people tried to instigate stuff. Uh, I was able to stay stay out of it, and because I helped a lot of guys, uh, with you know, a lot of guys just wanted to be heard. You know, they wanted to air out. What do you think? You know, this is what my you know I'm thinking for my defense. You know, it gave them somebody to talk to and, and calm them down a little bit. Yeah. Especially when they first got in there, and I, there's this guy uh, Tierney. I forgot what his first name was. You know, three times he came back while I was in there. And wow. every time he, you know, the, the, when he came back, he'd come see me right away. As soon as he got in, he'd be like, "Hey, this is what's going on. You know, this is, you know, this is what I'm thinking." And it, it just gave him some peace, even though, you know, dude, you got to stop using heroin. It's that simple. <laughs> yeah. You know. Right. It's uh, but you get, you know, you live with the same guys, you know, seventy-five guys day in and day out, twenty-four hours a day. You That's know, you're, rough. You're locked in four hours. You know, five hours maybe you're locked in, and uh, and that's it. You know, you're free to walk around. So you learn a lot about different people in in that kind of an environment. And huh. I learned a lot. I really did. Well, well, let's. You and I have something else to talk about. I might wrap up the show here. Because you and okay. I are the only ones talking. So, uh, yeah, unless there's anything else you want to share or go over. Or no, whatever. I'm good. I'm good. I gotta, personally, I don't like recordings that go over two hours. I don't know. I mean, it's gotten pretty dark over here. I imagine you've been on for more than two hours. Yeah, we're coming up to two-hour mark. I really didn't even think we just you and I basically talking. We'd get so uh, yeah. pass by, pass by pretty quick. Is that you, Kevin? Did, it you does. Wanna, did you want to say something? Yeah, I'm here. No, I was saying hi, guys. It's a, How you it's doing? A good message. Thank you, guys. Thank you for sharing, guys. It's really, really a blessing. That's what we're here for. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yep. Anybody good else? Here, Gus. Yeah, I haven't talked to you in a while, Kevin. <laughs> it's been a little bit, guys. Everything taken yep. care of with your... Uh, Child support. Are you still dealing with um, that, or I, I kind of got a little bit of good news about that. Um, I don't know exactly what happened or how it transpired, but I, I got to make a phone call on Monday and uh, follow up a little bit, see what's going on. But I, I received um, I received these two documents that said uh, that uh, this there was a twelve thousand dollar warrant that was that was uh, satisfied or paid off. That comes from 2004, and then another one from 2005 that was like over two grand. And uh, that said, it also was satisfied. I don't know if it had something to do with the money orders I sent in, but it, it just, you know, like I said, I'll have to follow it up. 
it's either coincidental or you know they're just trying they're just trying to do some procedural saving face sounds like yeah yeah you know I get so. you you know just to take care because they can't do anything about it so they got to make something on the books no. look like you know well you know if they're going to say you know give you what you want in your way then that just sets precedence for everybody else to to do what you did and they don't want that happening right that right. that's that's my uh that's just my thought on that i think they do those oh, things no. just to not not for lawful rightful reasons but just to uh basically obfuscate their fraud and continue their theft to support their livelihood right they they, def, they they definitely know that i know what i'm talking about because i, I like i wrote well i wrote a lot of uh documents to these guys that asked for the contract that created the obligation nice and I had only one lady really answered, but not really. She yeah. wouldn't answer the question directly. She gave an answer to, as if she was asked a different question and that everything was flipped around. You know, I put require and she put request and the whole, Gus knows how that goes. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> when they answer, funny. But, uh, I asked for the contract, and they kept. Then the woman, the woman, come back and said, "Oh, it's a court order." What? There's she didn't. She didn't say there that there wasn't a contract, but she said there was a court order. And I know there's no court order because it's just an administrative hearing. There's separation of the powers under the Fourteenth Amendment. Is that what you told her? No, I didn't come back and say that. What I did is what I I went over her head. <laughs> I was just, you know, I always I listen to a lot of Gus audios because sometimes I can't stomach Carl, you know, some of the stuff that the way he goes about stuff. So I've, I've told Gus before, it's like I I kind of like lean more towards him. I get I get Gus more. He, I think he relates better. I guess we're closer to the same age. I think that's probably what it is. Uh. But um, I went. I wrote to the commissioner, this man that Samuel acts as commissioner, and I said, uh, I said to him, I said, uh, I said to him, I said uh, something about train discipline and monitor your subordinates. That nobody was answering. For out of out of a local office, which is here in Syracuse, and then in Albany, and and that guy's also in Albany. So I wrote to him, and he he never responded. So. He had this other, the same woman respond back, and then she's the one that said, "Oh, it's a court order." So I didn't respond back to that. What I did was I just I used the I I I did the process of writer under Caesar with Caesars. I heard Gus mention before in uh, uh, audio way back about how the the post office was the original court in the original bank. So I went with a postal money order. And I use a silver certificate. I think I told you about that. Did I tell you about that, Pete? Yeah, but it's still not really clear in my mind. Like, we used to. I sort of grasp. Sort of grasp it, but it's just it's, you know, like sometimes when you learn something, and it seems kind of confusing, but then if you keep at it, 
the, the green the light bulb goes off. I haven't hit that light bulb moment yet. Sorry. <laughs> well, Charles Hughes did it first. We we all talked. There's me, Charles, and a couple other guys. We all talked about it. And Charles like, I'll just do it and see what happens. Well, it worked for him on three different occasions. It wiped out a $33,000 uh, student loan. Uh-huh. And it also wiped out like a 90-something dollar throughway uh, thing. You know, just using, just giving them back their codes and rules and how it's everything supposed to operate under the corporation, you know. Uh-huh. I just followed it. said, hey, oh, render under Caesar with Caesars. You guys say, well, this, this nation's under bankruptcy. Either it is or it's not. So Tenth Amendment says what? Well, Gold and silver coin. Okay. Well, they're not accepting gold and silver coin because they put this uh, fiat currency that has zero value to it. Going to the U.S. Treasury, it says it has zero value. The only time it has value is if I want to purchase something from you and you we now it's got value. Yeah, that's a good point. You know what I mean? You, you can't go back and go, oh, this is legal tender. Okay, well, great. That belongs to the legal society then. I don't want anything to do with that. I don't want to, you know, promise to pay. Great. That's all they ever do. They can promise, but they can't produce. So you're because it's so, all in their fictitious world, you know. So the the position you're you're taking is the fact that you can't properly pay. Correct. According according to corporate charter or to well, them. the constitution, to their, own, their own constitutional right. corporate charters. Right, they made yeah. all that. It's their constitution, it's their USC codes, and all the other blah 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 blah. So when you line all that up, you go, okay, either either we're in a bankruptcy, or you're not. Well, this is the way we did it. You know, we we wrote out the money order. I did with a dollar. I purchased a dollar money order, and I just put a second slash with a dollar sign. And then, then below that, I wrote minus the amount that they claim was due. I put a negative number because they say this nation is under bankruptcy, and it still is under a banking emergency if you look on the Treasury website. So I said, great, that number is a negative number. So here's a positive $1 money order from the United States Post Office, which is, I would guess, backed by gold. But I purchased it with a silver certificate, so that bonds it for, through silver. I sent that in, and here we are, like a couple months later, and and those two two amounts of, uh, you know, uh, what was allegedly due is gone. Now wiped That's out. It went to the treasury, and then the treasury sent to the Ogden, Utah, the IRS in Ogden, Utah, and they're the bill payers. That's what it says on their website, on the treasury website. So you got a lot of and this I information have, uh, from that website. I have return receipts from for everything. Have you ever heard anybody do that regarding property taxes? Um, not yet, but I don't see why it wouldn't work. It wiped out a thirty-three thousand uh, dollar student loan, then a ninety-six dollar. Uh, oh, it, it didn't. It didn't wipe it out. It paid it. Right, it set it off. Okay. Or or did it discharge in some fashion or way? Because their, their thing is, their thing is um, they do everything through book entry form, through uh, 
electronic uh, transfer or wire through the through the Fed wire. It's called. So everything just comes out of thin air. Mm-hmm. So if it's made up, you know, because I wrote I wrote to the Treasury, the Stephen Turner Mnuchin, I said, hey, zero from zero is zero, still zero, isn't it? Last time I checked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just got to write down yep. the simplest form, you know, I'm like I kept asking for the contract to create the obligation. Okay. Come here and all these crickets, nothing. Then she comes back and says the court order. I said, well, exactly how is that a court order when you guys are on the executive branch and this is under the judicial branch? So there's not a court order. It's an agency. I said, well, can you show me where I'm employed to the agency through the county? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not an officer of the agency. It still comes on our contract. Yeah. Yeah. I just pointed all that out. I just keep pointing it out. Keep pointing it out. Say, hey, 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 I don't mind paying, but this is the way I'm going to pay because, you know, I, I put a list of HGR 182, Federal Reserve Act Section 16, your website from the U.S. Treasury, the website from the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve. This is what it all says. I'm not making it up. You guys have it written here. You built the box. I just set the lid on top. Yeah. Well, it's good. You're having some success. That's wonderful. Also, when yeah. people need to hear. Yeah. So I like to hear. I said, if there's anything you find in error, please please correct me. Here's my phone number. My address is on the envelope. Uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You're remaining in honor. I've heard nothing. You will, you won't. And I did. That's it. Yeah. I'm still waiting to hear back from uh, my second correspondence with the tax collection. If you don't pay your taxes, they go to a, a, another tax collection agency. And uh, I had my second correspondence with them. And they have, I'm looking for stuff in the mail. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I just, I, I I'm looking to see how they're going to respond because this happened to me a while ago when I was dealing with taxes at the PA Revenue Department. And I was, you know, just asking them questions. And they finally sent my account to some law firm uh, that does collections. And I went through two correspondences with them. And eventually they dropped it. And uh, I did that with some other collection agencies and they dropped it. So now I think they're going to drop it after the second one. They they don't have an answer. They they don't have because if if nope. they if they answer it, it doesn't even matter how they answer. They're gonna they're gonna box themselves in. So they yes. box themselves in by not answering. And even if they do answer, they're yeah. box. So it's like checkmate. That's they right. can't do anything. So the only yep. thing they can do is say you know hope this guy goes away or whatever. And uh, you know, but with the property tax thing, I'm just you know I've they could put a lien on your property here. or I'm just waiting to see what happens with that. I have to go down in the county recorder and see if they put a lien on my property um, and then deal with it from there. But, um, yeah, same. It, it's always the same issue. I mean, Gus, you've said it. You've We've asked questions of these people for clarification and verification and get absolutely nothing. <laughs> well, think about it. If you can get everything you want just by playing dumb, <laughs> what would you absolutely. do? Absolutely. And here's another thing I'll give you. Uh, if you know anybody that's a trucker out there, Charles Hughes has been having great success with, uh, has been having some great success with, uh, he sits back, 
he gets pulled over for a DOT inspection, and he's got a notebook. He, the guy comes up and said, oh, I want a blah, 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 DOT inspection. He said, he said uh, is that a lawful order? The guy said, absolutely. He said, oh, fantastic. My, hi, my name is Charles Hughes. He, wants, he reaches his hand out to shake their hand. And then the guy starts, he starts ordering or asking for stuff. And pull, Chuck pulls out his notebook. He goes, he, goes, um, he goes, oh, could you repeat that number two you asked me to do? He's writing it out and writing it out. And the guy, guy looks over and he goes, oh, you're writing it out? He, he goes, yeah, I'm taking your order. So, so the guy, the guy finishes up, goes back to his car, comes back. He goes, "Sir, you passed." That's funny. Have a good day. I've heard that on Carl's programs. I wonder how people just have. How I'm they you, every time on that, every every time he passes, he submits to his company. He gets paid two hundred bucks. He's made six hundred dollars in a very short period of time. So these guys pull him over. They want to cite him. They they order him. He writes down the orders, and the guys just, just don't let him go. Yeah, let him go. Well, he he's, he passes his DOT. Yep. So of course they're going to let him go. But uh, yep. the order that he's taking, who is he giving that to? Who who is he giving the bill to? The company he works for. No, the whoever is doing the ordering, like the officer, he'll he'll send it to them. He'll send he it to the it cop. And, uh, yeah, he'll send it to the cop because he took the man's order. <clears throat> okay. So he he did this with in Indiana, and he yeah. sent it to the attorney general, and the assistant yeah. attorney general contacted him back, and the woman said, she goes she goes uh. Why, why are you sending us a bill? He's like, and he explains, she goes, he goes, absolutely. Anytime a man orders you to do something, I can't find fault with your billing. She goes, but you just, you don't send it to us, send it to them. Was he able to So he talked to her, the woman over the phone. I don't know if he sent the bill. I don't know. I, I have to follow up on that, see if he sent that over to them or if it was so far along, he just didn't bother with it. But now he's able to. Since he got word from that assistant attorney general, he's like, "Oh yeah, cool." And so far, the last the last three have been they passed them. You know. Now who who is no this? Problem. Charles Hughes. Or do you personally know him? Yes. Yep. Maybe we should have him on a, on the show. Share sure. a little bit. He'd love to. Sure. What do you think, Gus? Yep. Yeah. I, I, I've spoken <laughs> to him before. He, he was on the show with uh, when I was still uh, working with Sean and John. Okay. <clears throat> so yeah, uh, you know, uh, I, I think it'd be great for you guys to have some personal conversations first, and to figure out how you know how to explain it, lay it out, and yeah, and then go ahead and do that. I, I think that'd be great. Because Kevin, I wanted to talk to you more about maybe you. If you're up for it, setting something up or, you know, explaining what what you just talked about briefly tonight. Sure. Um, I can, I can send you, uh, I can send you um, what he did and, and show you how the, the statements that came back, came back is zeroed out. No, no balance due. 
All right, I'll, I'll touch base. Especially the one with the throughway. That was awesome. In fact, I I I recently the guy who was our former mayor who who is now head of the transportation department. I was talking about how they're considering taking the throughway uh, to make it just simply easy pass. They don't want it to be to be anybody to use because he he wrote them and asked them how they're not in breach of public law seventy three times. Which is? Which is a demand of any sort of species of money other than what's under the 10th Amendment. Okay. That's good stuff, man. It'd be good to uh, put something point by point so it's logical. Yep. People could follow. I'll touch base with you, you know, maybe sometime next week or before the next show or whatever. Okay. I mean, if you're up for it, but uh, sure. it'd be cool to maybe even see if it could be tied in with scripture. Yep. If possible, because, yep. uh, you know, that's what this show is about. And I, I mean, you guys would, I would think you agree that that's really the primary issues, how these things, how do we, how can we do these things to glorify our creator? Mm-hmm. I appreciate, appreciate you guys. Uh, chiming in here and calling in and being part of the show and uh i know chris you're just watching on your computer thanks for joining unless uh any of you guys want have something else to share i'm gonna wrap it up we're over the two hour mark here anything, yeah, anything that you posted up on the website where do i go to get where would i go to look at it get it on on the chat on the on the chat yeah how do I get access to that? Do I just go into, do I have to go online and go into the talk show and it's up there? Yeah. Yeah. You have to go after it's, uh, <clears throat> after everything's set, like with the recording, you have to click on that okay. show and then just, I think okay. it'll have a link for the chat and I'll have all the scripture and links and stuff like that. Okay. Okay. The other thing, Kevin is, uh, it's not real accurate, but sometime tomorrow, if you go to this show recording, yeah, the, the the chat should be available in, in the next 20 minutes. But uh, tomorrow, at some point, they're going to post a transcript of the conversation, and okay. you know, it, it's it's about 80 percent accurate. Those things are horrible, oh, guys. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> they are horrible. It, it depends lying. on who's. It depends on who's talking and if people are talking over each other. Uh, so, I mean. The conversations that we've had should come out pretty accurate. All right, guys, I'm going to wrap it up. Happy Good Friday. Thanks. Happy Resurrection Day coming up. Amen. And uh, mm-hmm. I'll, again, I'll talk, probably talk to you guys, you know, during the before the next show. And uh, just have a blessed time. Thanks, Peter. Thanks for everything you do, man. All right, man. Take care. All right. Take care, guys. Take care, Kevin. Good night.